what's up everyone and welcome back to another episode of the smoking section i'm your host kj and on today's episode i'm joined by another community member an avid grower he's known on instagram as rasta k and he's here to tell us a little more detail about some of the grows he has going on and share a little bit of knowledge on uh, his cannabis so what's up man how's it going hey hey man it's going good dude how about yourself you know, doing wonderful, doing wonderful. Thanks for coming on the show with us. Come hang out with us for a little while. It's a pleasure, dude. I love sharing knowledge, man. Right on. Well, uh, in uh, normal tradition, the very start of the episode, we get a little something lit up to get us into conversation. What you smoking on today? I'm smoking on the Blues Rosso by Alabrige Genetics. Ooh, homegrown. Yes, sir. All, always homegrown. I don't ever. I'm in Georgia, so I don't have any dispensaries ever going to. Ah, ah, cool, cool. Right on, man. Well, I've got uh, I've got this new little dab rig um, that I've been trying out lately. Um, it's this little device. Apparently, you can just like throw it in your pocket, kind of like a pen, or you can mm-hmm. uh, take the end off and jab it down in your favorite bong. And <clears throat> let's see, what is this? What do we've got here? Just the tangerine tangerine queen i think tangerine queen sounds like it's probably fucking delicious well it uh i think this one might be a little bit older it was really good but are you pressing your own or you just firing it yeah i do raw do rosin nuts that's something i always wanted to get into man i just haven't like i just haven't had the money really to throw at a machine yet to like do it because it's just I can't get over the fact that I have to grow like about a half pound to a pound just to wash. That's kind of like boggles me, dude, a little bit because I don't have the room for all that. Well, I don't wash. <clears throat> I just uh, I haven't gotten to the point. <clears throat> I haven't gotten to that point where I can afford all the equipment to do it correctly. <clears throat> so I usually just smoke on flour rosin. <clears throat> okay, so shatter, pretty much. Uh. No, just uh, like peanut or it butter. Actually, squeezes out. Yeah, yeah, I, I squeeze it out of the flour. It comes out. But best I can describe it to people is it looks like a really creamy peanut butter. It's really, really, really oh. sticky. Nice. No. Shit, it's fucking. It's free and it's homegrown, man. That's like so the baited best way to do it. Absolutely. I, I also a lot of people say that you know whenever you press fresh flour rosin. It uh, you get all those good medicinal benefits of the flower itself in dab form. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's kind of you know if if you've never smoked rosin before, uh, it's uh, I have. That's what I used to I have. A, I don't know if you ever heard of it. It's called a juice box. It's that yeah. little handheld uh, rosin press. I used to use that and it used to make okay. It was more. It was like making shatter more than anything. Yeah. Well, I've got a press, and you can control the uh, the heat, and you know your uh, PSIs and and all that good stuff. Yeah, that's see, uh, that's what I need. What a lot of people uh, realize whenever they start getting into it is hash rosin and flour rosin are really different, and flour rosin can kind of take some getting used to. Um, just just because when you press the flour rosin, you're not just pressing your THC out of there. Uh, you're pressing all the plant fats and the plant lipids out as well, which, you know, I, I consider to also be part of the medicine, you know, all your, yeah, I was just going to say that's medicine and cannabinoids yeah. all in there. Yeah. However, a lot of people will describe it as being like, um, having a little bit of a flavor of like cooking oil, like uh, canola oil. Hmm. Um, and, and to be fair, it kind of, it does kind of have that, um, I mean, but that's, that's the plant fats in it, you know? So. Yeah. Uh, hash rosin, a lot cleaner, doesn't have so much of like a cooking oil type of a, a flavor to it. And, and that's just because, you know, of course you're pressing straight trichomes. Good hash. Oh yeah. And it's way better, man. I've had the pleasure of trying a few people on Instagram, dude. and They have amazing stuff, man. Yeah. Now Mike's been talking about doing, um, he's been doing dry ice hash and sifting it and uh yeah. gonna try some pressing that way oh that's gonna be great dude that makes like a i mean it's pretty much the same thing you're still breaking all the trichome heads off and pressing the trichomes right and chronic has a video ice water. It, i think on youtube i don't think i follow the youtube channel man to be honest with you 
follow Spy, just listen on Spotify. Right on, man. Yeah, uh, I think Chronic has a he's got a video of him uh, shaking shaking some bubble bags with uh, some dry eyes, kind of giving you a how to on that. Yeah, you definitely got to grow for. I feel like either you have to find a really good auto flower like that produces a lot of like trichomes, like a hash plant, or you need to like grow a photo period out to really get the best benefits of that kind of dry sifting and washing. I feel like too. Yeah, true. Well, I mean, that and save up all your trim. Hey, everybody, I'm Gordy with Growers Cocoa, here to tell you about our premium cocoa fiber products. We do loose bag cocoa. We have a 70-30 mix, an organic loose cocoa, and a high-porosity cocoa peat nut. All are made with your garden in mind, absolutely clean, bagged indoors in small batches. Definitely check us out at Growers Grown growers cocoa on instagram and at growersoil.com online you know, do that dude don't yeah. let it go to waste yeah, yeah i usually make oil out of that with a can of a little magical butter maker that thing's pretty badass dude oh yeah you got one of those i've, I've seen those everywhere those are those look really neat you just yeah. like throw your yeah, stuff you in there some... and hit go yep hey, i'll put two cups or yeah two cups of like uh coconut oil in it and then I'll usually put around 60 to 75 grams of trim. And it's pretty, and then I just make the oil. I either use it as tincture, I'll put it in gummies. I can use it for pretty much anything. That's cool, man. I, uh, I'm, I'm really getting into the, uh, the like savory food edibles. Mm-hmm. Throw a, throw See, a slab of can of butter. Just throw you a slab of can of butter right on top of a big old baked potato, just a big loaded baked potato with a big nice slab of can of butter. That sounds good, dude. See, <laughs> the thing is with trim though, it tastes too planty. So the can of butter comes uh, out like tasting like plant material. Like when I cook brownies and stuff, it kind of mm-hmm. tastes like plant material. But when I do flour, it more has like more of the terpene flavor. So whatever you're getting like from that plant. So whenever I have can of butter that has a little bit too much of that um, planty flavor or chlorophyll, I'll usually yeah. try to stick that into something that has a stronger flavor itself, like uh, mm-hmm. uh, like spaghetti, right? I was just about to say, dude, I've never tried an pasta sauce, but I bet that'd be good. Yeah, yeah, just throw it in your spaghetti sauce, man, and voila, that should mask it. For- yeah. <laughs> hmm. I'm going to high guy try some shit this weekend. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you've got like one of those uh flat top griddle things or whatever, but makes makes for great uh lube for the the flat top. Yeah. Throw a big knob of butter on there, get it melting, throw you some some steak and some See the only thing I'm worried about though is producing it with that much heat. I think that much heat is gonna kill the THC, would it would it not? It would like make them explode or all the like I don't know. I don't actually know how that works. Um, I mean, I think the THC can degrade over With time, time, but I don't, I don't think it, you're going to like cook it out in like one, one go, you know? Yeah. Like putting it on a hot griddle might cook some of it out, but if you slab that butter on a steak afterwards, I think you're going to get the same effect. Yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure that, but for the most part, it should stay considering most people will put their weed in a 245 degree oven for like three hours and it comes out sure. okay. Yeah, this little machine I use gets 160 degrees. Yeah. So, but yeah, man. Well, that's a that's a good question. We should actually uh, probably do some experimentation with that. How much heat? Yeah, just like when applying it to like a pan or like applying it to like something that's getting it really hot. Like let's say corn, and then wrap it in foil and put it on the grill. Is that going to like degrade the THC or like cook it out because it's so hot for so long? Oh, that's a that's a good or does it melt and just soak into the food and you know it just works that way <laughs> well the philly cheese um, sticks i made worked fantastically i can eat these philly cheese steaks sat down stoned as heck got back up went looking for another cheese steak realized it was like 11 p.m <laughs> so, uh, yeah. worked good there um i don't i don't know about like yeah you know i don't think you could really pull off like a stir fry situation that'd probably be kind of tough yeah i can see that 
a lot of what I use though is uh, I, I decarb my rosin, so I'll just press a bunch into rosin, and I have this little um, like aluminum capsule thing, and it's got a silicone uh, like dab container on the inside, and I'll put the rosin in the little dab container, put it in the little aluminum capsule, and you press it on my uh, my rosin press and set the temperature, and I can actually decarb the rosin inside this capsule. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And then I can actually, technically, you can just eat the rosin, but I'm not, I'm not that brave yet. Cause I'll yeah, I thought when you heat up rosin, that's to uh, make it into like a, to like a pen or to like you mix it with like terpenes or something like that, and it makes it to where you can like smoke it out of the, like a vape pen. Is that um, isn't that like one of the processes of making that? Because I remember getting some rosin and wanted to make my own parts, and I think one of the things was like decarbon wax or rosin you you can yeah it's it's kind of there's like one of the ways of technically like dewinterizing it or whatever uh where you try to get some of the fats and lipids to drop out because that's generally what doesn't combust uh whatever yeah. you know inside your vaporizer mm-hmm. and it ends up gumming it up um that i don't know man i mean the stuff that i have i if i heat it up it gets runny if i put it in the freezer it gets rock solid if it's really yeah that's how i used to smoke mine it's Keep it in the freezer, butter. take it out, break a piece off, and fucking just yeah. drop it in the rig. Right on. Right on. So uh so how about your uh how about your growing? What uh what you got growing right now? So I'm actually growing two night owl right now, man. I like I'm in love with night owl genetics dude. So right on. I got some Queen's banner going and uh, Outlier Z. I uh, got one about like day 25 right now, and she's she's a little bit stunted because I I did direct sow this time, and I'm used to transplanting. So that like all last year, that's all I did was transplant from a four inch pod into a three gallon using Dynamico, and that shit just like looks like the plant you never transplanted. Yeah. So like I used to go from that point and watering it. So this point, I had to like go from a seedling and learning how to water a three gallon pot from seed, and that's to me, that was tricky because I haven't done that before. So I had to like look it up and kind of like just go experiment with it. So what I did is I watered a full gallon. Like I soaked the pot before I put the seedling in, threw some dynamico in the hole, dropped the seed. Once it got like day like five or six, I watered another gallon through it. Not really thinking. You know, I just wanted to get the whole pot wet with some recharge and kind of get the soil going. But what I did is the roots hadn't gone deep enough yet. So I pretty much, they, I feel like they stalled out. Like there was too much water at the bottom and they were like, oh shit, it's like, we're just going to keep going to the side. Does that make sense? And I feel like yeah. I stunted them. Well, uh, I mean, I've, I've kind of done a couple of plants. I did a couple of outdoor plants that way when I was experimenting with like fabric versus plastic pots. And I, I've found that you can steer the roots and sometimes i think yeah. that with auto flowers you know the roots are just finicky well these are pvc mesh bags so they definitely like you'll see them come out of the sides yeah it's very possible but that's the thing i haven't seen them come out in the bottom yet so that's just what i was thinking happened but honestly man normally my plants stay about two and a half feet because i only have i have a two by four that's five foot max and i have my light in there so i only have maybe like a three and a half, maybe four foot growth space to grow height wise. So what I've been trying to do is do a lot of LST using those uh, little plastic clips mm-hmm. and just kind of stretching them out more. That's why I only fit two plants in there and kind of stretch them out more to keep them lower. But by doing that, man, like by pinch and twisting and then using those LST clips, you're putting so much more energy into those branches to produce more buds. So yeah. like I'll get, I'll get like a quarter to like almost an ounce per fucking branch. And that's why I'm able to pull six to eight ounces from these autos, even though they're not big. I mean, they do get big, don't get me wrong, because the buds will get up to like three feet. But it's just, you see some of these people that have like five foot plants and shit producing way more. Yeah. Yeah, man. LST, 100% the way to go, man. Like, I. Oh, like- yeah. It, it it may take new growers, like people that are new to it, new trying to learn it, may take them a little bit 
uh, to really understand it. Um, but once you kind of get the hang of it, it is a hundred percent something you should do to every plant you grow because it will increase your yields every time with an auto. Yeah. I like to put a little like saying in there. It's kind of like whenever you like, first off, I think for beginners, they should use the Cushman chiropractic, which is just the pinch and twist method. All you have to do is go down to every stalk and kind of pinch it a little bit till you feel it pop in your fingers, but not too much where it cracks it. You have to like learn this technique. But once you learn that technique, you're pretty much like if you cut yourself on your arm, what happens is all your white blood cells start rushing to that spot to try to help like start uh, coagulating or whatever it is to like start healing it. So when you pinch a plant, you're doing the same thing. You are sending a signal and hormonal change to where it's sending energy and more nutrients down to that branch to kind of heal it. That's why you see knuckles a lot on it. Yeah. yeah. So in, in turn, you're producing so much more nutrients to that branch that you're, that you're training. That's, that's very true. Also, you know, getting them spread out a little more and giving them all a, uh, I, I like a to say, penetration too. Yeah. yeah, giving them all like a, a fair playing field to, to even out the canopy to, to begin. Yeah, there. I love, that's what I do. I love doing that, having a nice even canopy because you'll get 12 to 15 bud sites by doing that. Now, what I generally do now, if I'm um, so, for instance, like in cocoa, I really like the bags, like the fabric bags that have all the little mm -hmm. um, holes at the top, and I just have some gardening twine, mm -hmm. and I'll just start pulling the branches down. Now, I've developed my own technique. That's something that you know each grower has to kind of figure out on their own their their little niche and technique to doing the, the low stress training like that. But I've actually began starting my autos on one side of the pot, not directly in the center. And once they get up to third or fourth node or so, I'll literally just 90 degree bend it all the way over, tie it down with some gardener's twine. And then literally the next day, the branches are shooting straight up. Everybody's praying, yep. give them a day or two. Then I'll train every, every other branch all the way back down same way. And I'll just continue to do that. Now, if you don't have those types of bags, if you're just growing in like a standard plastic pot, uh, you can do the same thing, literally, just instead of having holes in your pot, use a piece of tape. Just literally tape mm -hmm. your piece of string down to the pot. That's it. And especially if you do that pinch and twist before you pull it down, it helps a lot. Yeah. It helps a lot in, like, like making it uh, mendable to just where it can bend over without trying to snap anything. Yeah, that's true. But, Kinda, yeah, man, I'm doing something new, too, dude. I just... I just got a, a CO2 today, so I'm kind of, I got one last year and I grew, and I think, I think it made a difference because I was, I mean, I produced a pound and it was two by four, a little over a pound, mm -hmm. and with three plants, but uh, I was reading a lot on it, man, and they say, like, I keep my tent open for one, I don't close my tent, because if I close my tent with the lights I have in there, it gets like 86 degrees, it's too hot. So, and they're auto flowers. I'm in a room. I don't keep the lights on or anything. So even the light leaks from wherever don't bother me. Um, but no, nah, man, the CO2 is like, they say three to 400, something like that in the normal air. This, with being an open tent, I'm just kind of like releasing all of this into my room. You see what I'm saying? Instead of really on the plants. But when I shake that shit, dude, and it fizzes everywhere, I feel like just that little bit that gets on the plants just makes such a fucking difference. Man. Like so these plants in like forty-eight hours are gonna look completely different. What are what are you using? The TNB Naturals. Oh, okay. The little CO two bottle. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, absolutely. I I, I agree. Um, I actually haven't ever gotten one of those uh, TNB Something bottles. Something new, man. Yeah. Um, I've seen, I've seen plenty of people with it, but, uh, I'm a home brewer also. Like I like to make my own beer and wine. So, okay, so you can already get yeast and all of that stuff to make your own. Yeah. So actually I have a, uh, I have a recommendation. Anybody wants it, they can just message me, but there's a particular kind of yeast that you can buy. And I mean, we're talking like 50 cent a packet, right? And, uh, mm -hmm. it's champagne, champagne yeast. So it uh, can actually withstand higher levels of alcohol. Therefore it lasts a little longer and it eats more of the sugar, literally tap water and like just regular white table sugar. I'll mix it together and I'll stick it in a bottle. Um, 
Now, the bottle you use is very important. I like to recycle, so I used an old oil jug. And this particular oil jug is black. Well, this one's purple. The new one I have is purple. And it doesn't let light in or out. So it'll actually protect it, the yeast, for longer. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, having having something that produces CO2 in your tent, I, in my opinion and in my experience, is that it absolutely will help. Your plants will yeah. be happier for it. Yeah. Now, now a question on that. Does, do lights matter in that sense? Like, do you need more light? to like activate the CO2 and plants to like work stronger. I heard somewhere that like, if you have more light, that's when the CO2 is more beneficial, the more light you have. Yeah. There's a, there's a big algorithm that you can kind of do your calculations with. But um, as a home grower, I don't think that that's uh that matters. It's more for like bigger. Yeah. Cause, cause you want to have okay. that. That's where you have your system of like CO2 emitters and the ceiling that are dripping CO2 because it's heavier in oxygen. They're dripping it onto the, uh, the canopy and you have to okay. dial your lights in with a certain temperature to optimize VPD and CO2 uptake. So okay. and people, something that's also, it's also something you want to do whenever you do something like that in a commercial setting is uh, put fans at the base of all the pots because uh, roots don't eat CO2. They eat oxygen and the leaves are what eat the CO2 and photosynthesize. So you don't want to choke your plant out if you're growing in like rock wool and you've just absolutely dumped CO2 in the room with all the doors closed, mm-hmm. no ventilation can actually hurt your plants that way uh thor actually talks about that with his operation um he does a lot of dwc and uh, he says you be careful because your your little air pump can suck that co2 up and put it into the water and that's something you don't want Hmm. yeah dude i do hand watering only i just believe in it so much man i was looking at auto pots and seeing how easy it is i have so many people trying to turn me on it but there's just something about knowing exactly how much I'm giving the plant every single time. Like, because I'll measure the EC, I measure the pH. I know what it's getting every fucking time. I'm not guessing with an auto pot system, having a pH of water and make sure that's good the next day too. And make sure there's no like buildup of slime or anything. Like that. I feel like there's a lot of cleaning and more work goes actually into it. Well, with my DWC kit, I haven't gotten into the auto pot, but with DWC, it's been, like laboratory clean so far uh, yeah i've seen I've your to, bucket system yeah most i've had to deal with is a little bit of like um, uh, nutrient salt scale you know where it dries and it's mm-hmm. like white on the side that's about it and i use crop salt so the water literally is clear when it goes in clear when it comes out Seems are you feeding okay. every watering like every watering gets feed uh, every watering, uh, they get a water change about once a week, but every week I change the water at this point that they're at right now, uh, which is day like 50 or so, um, auto flower, they are drinking a bucket a week. So every time I go in there, I just have to fill the bucket back up and they get fresh, okay. freshly made food, freshly pHed, fresh water once a week. Yeah. But in my cocoa and living soil tent, I absolutely do hand water as well. However, I did just switch to, I found this like little cheap uh, irrigation pump uh, on Amazon. I picked one of those up and I'll actually have that on a stick. That way I can reach in the back during uh, heavy veg and give everybody water Mm -hmm. in the back. (laughs) What are you growing in? What size is that? Four by four or five by four? Uh, I got two four by fours and a two by four. Okay. My uh, two by four. Strictly auto flowers, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I like uh, my photos outside. I've got a greenhouse outdoor. Yeah, that's the way to do it. If you could like that, if it was legal where I'm at, I would definitely put photos outside and let them go a full season just to get like a few pounds off of one plant, just to see what it does. You know, because I've never done it before. Right. Never grown a photo period. I've grown it through veg, but then when I went to switching the lights, I just I didn't do it, man, because I had auto flowers in there. I didn't want to fuck anything up. So uh, my setup is I have uh, I have a 4x4 DWC. I'm sure everybody's seen that. It's got the Mephisto yeah. run. Um, I have a 4x4 cocoa tent. Um, 
where I run uh, cutting edge solutions and just cocoa. And then my two by four is Sohum living soil. And then outdoors, I have my own living soil with compost from like food scraps from the table. And I have a West Coast sour diesel planted out there right now. It's getting pretty big. It's actually, uh, I think it's just over seven feet tall. Um, Jeez, dude. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I want to get something like that. I'm trying to kind of learn the gist of outdoor growing because I just moved to this property. I'm out more to the coast. Um, Before I was in the valley. I'm in Washington. I was in, in one of the valleys. I lived a little more inland. And last year's plant, I grew a raspberry cough from Nirvana. And that thing, I think it put off like two pounds, two-ish pounds. I'm not sure. I didn't weigh it. But guesstimating. Take your grow to a new level with new level hydroponics, state-of-the-art hydroponic systems. The Autoflower Review uses New Levels Deluxe DWC system that features a Venturi pump which allows water changes into a nearby sink. New Level Systems comes with everything you need to get going hydroponically with your budget in mind. We thank New Level for sponsoring our featured photo tent and allowing us to show you how superior they really are. Check out their systems at www.newlevelhydro.com. It was huge. How long does it take for your outdoor to grow then? Like to go through a season? Um, I plant get that. F- photos naturally with just natural light. No, no pulling tarp, no light depth, nothing like that. Um, I'll plant in March, usually indoor greenhouse at least. Um, and I can harvest in October. If it's not bud rotted to death. <laughs> Damn, dude. So you have to go from the heat kind of right into like the neck of winter almost. Well, I'm coming like, well, our last frost is you until probably like have end a of winter, May. Then. So I've, I'm fighting the frost for two months before it stops Actually, freezing. Yeah. And then, then we got the, the long, super dry summer. And then about now, about September, it starts to cool down. And we're going to ease back into the cold nights. So and you grow year round, I assume. So you just have to battle that. Well, outdoor, I just do the outdoor season. I don't even try to battle. No, but like indoor, because I oh, mean, yeah. I'm sure you have to run your air conditioner different than your heater different. And when you run your heat, you're drying the air out, so you got to use humidity. True. And so AC gonna, does the might, same thing. So it might blow some people's minds, but I actually never use AC. It's that mild of weather, I guess here. Hmm. So, I mean, we have a heater. Obviously, we need the heater for winter. But, uh, yeah, in the summertime, I don't even, I don't have to cool anything, actually. <laughs> that must be nice, man. It's, a, it's like, reaches like 108, 110 in the summertime. That's why I don't grow during the summer. I uh, can't. I am originally from the Gulf Coast, man. I know all about those 120-degree okay. days. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I'd love to get out of it, man, but it's just a matter of family, dude. So, one day I'd like to. I hear you. That's the reason I moved up is his family and we're, we'll probably move back for family. So, but Hey, fingers crossed, man. They, uh, they get this shit legalized, right? Um, recently yeah. the whole, did he schedule it from schedule one, put it in schedule three? what you think about that? I mean, it's at least a step. I know there's a lot of like, it's like, don't deschedule it, like reschedule it or something like that. But, uh, but Honestly, at least it's a step to somewhere. I mean, it sucks that it's such a small step, but hey, it's going somewhere. Dude, I'm in Georgia, man. Anything, even medical, dude, is like a step forward here, and I'm all for it. Or you could be like Alabama and just step sideways. Yeah, dude. Like, <laughs> I don't know if you're. I mean, it sucks because our medical here, our medical here, you literally have to be dying. Where, like, you can't have PTSD or anxiety or anything like that to get it. It's kind of shitty. And it's five percent max THC, so you can only get it in oil and like lozenges and capsules and shit. Okay, so they they are they're doing it like Alabama. Then, if you're a medical patient, you basically have to have terminal a terminal illness, and if they approve you, you can get like pills, lozenges, and suppositories. That's like that's it. Yep. And they have a handful of their little buddy cronies that they handed all the licenses for cultivation out to. So, yeah. 
true leave is probably one of them. That's who came here. That sucks, man. Well, the thing um, I keep bringing up is uh, pharmacies, your local Rite Aid, Walgreens, whatever. They carry uh, controlled substance, uh, what do you call them, Schedule 2 to Schedule 5 behind the counter. So how is the government going to gonna allow it you, you see what i'm saying like if it if technically they schedule it schedule three they're saying it's more dangerous than xanax valium and all that other pharmaceutical garbage so how do they allow dispensing of it money man because they know they can sell the product somehow and they know people need it i guess we just need to watch the congress members uh, uh what they call their 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 stock portfolios and see what they invest in as far as cannabis right. and we'll just invest in that and that's the playbook right so yeah dude that's smart I know it's a it's a baby step and we should be we should be happy for it I just I have my hackles up about it because they they screw everything else up man. And mm-hmm. not not just decriminalizing it, moving it to a different schedule. And not even yeah. like the schedule with cough syrup and, you know, Xanax. In fact, and- it has medicinal value, dude. I mean, that's the whole, yeah. that's my whole thing behind it is it holds some type of medicinal value to it. Like you can cure cancer and you can like shrink down tumors and you can do all kind of shit with it, dude. It helps with so many different things. But they don't want the pharmaceutical companies don't want you to do that man because cough syrup doesn't heal you cough syrup suppresses your like suppresses you but you still have a cold for like three or four days they don't want to sell you something that just fixes you because then they're not going to make as much money off of you so same thing with cannabis man that heals a lot of people quickly and you know they're just they can make money off of it because they know people will want it but they'd rather make pills and stuff because they're in deals with different companies you know i don't know how all that honestly but i know they don't want you to have cannabis they'd rather give you a pill well one of my first mentors on growing was a fellow that um was one of the like the beginning members or researchers whatever you want to call it at uh, the university of mississippi uh old miss and uh, I don't know if you're familiar, but that's where the government program for cannabis is. They actually have a full government grow up, growing fields of cannabis for research. And uh, some of that cannabis, I think there's still like four people or so left alive that are grandfathered in on the government cannabis, medical cannabis roster. Those four mm-hmm. people get a, uh, get a tin. It's literally like a a round cookie tin with 300 pre-rolled marijuana cigarettes. You know, <laughs> they get one every month, four people around the country. And uh, all of it's grown right there at Ole Miss. So they know it's beneficial, and they've been researching it since, literally since the 70s, the drug war started. So yeah, they know it's do they know you it's have, medical, um, but... Do they have Delta 8 and like THC 0 and all that in Washington where you're at? Or they like banned that out? Uh, they did, but our liquor and cannabis board banned it. Okay. Because that's the, that's the thing that's crazy here is they sell the shit out of it here, dude. Like there's every head shop sells it. It's everywhere at gas stations. And it's just like, when I try it, dude, it gets me high for sure. But it's like a different type of high. It's almost like you can tell it's a chemical. Yeah. Especially the wax or anything. It's like, yeah, there's something different about it. And It's just, it boggles me that it still gets you high and there's no medicinal value to that probably because it's synthetically made, but just regular cannabis isn't. That's just yep. what, it's just crazy, man. <laughs> well, what, uh, what our liquor and cannabis board here decided is that <clears throat> they're so strict on regular cannabis and having everything tested and the pesticides and heavy metals and in, in the uh, stuff that gets sold to dispensaries that there's mm-hmm. there was just no way to track and test and trace all the stuff that they can sell at gas stations you know and it's the same problem here with that that it is everywhere else you know you can ban delta a well, what do they do they make delta 10 okay ban delta yeah, 10 what, what do they do they make delta whatever yeah. so. which i don't know hey, if you man. were uh, 
you were in it back in the uh, the old uh, what do they call it the spice days when they did oh literally yeah, the exact same thing man it was like that k2 was a it was an actual synthetic cannabinoid somewhere in the family of delta 8 but whenever they made it illegal whoever was making the junk was like okay well we'll just change it a little bit and we'll put this and we'll put that and put this well of course it's just a cat and mouse game until some bad player in the game's like well we'll just put rat poison on it and that'll get them high. yeah see that that that's what i'm saying man and i don't know if it was the but i know i was like this is probably like 15 years ago but it was uh salvia because i remember you could buy that at a head shop and i don't know if salvia is the same oh, yeah. thing as spice but that no. shit dude will make you like trip almost like dmt dude if you smoke no. enough of it like you you escape <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Salvia is totally different, man. Uh, salvia yeah. is, is a real psychedelic, yeah. And I don't know if that's really bad for you. I mean, it, it really doesn't have a high potential for abuse either. Mm-hmm. I don't know anybody that, like... No, because you don't want to do smoke. You don't want to do it again yeah. afterwards, man, really. Yeah, long time ago, I had an experience with that. And you do, you dissociate for, like, five or ten minutes, you know, go on this, like, yeah. astral projection type of trip for a few minutes. Especially if you have music playing, man, that's just crazy. But mm-hmm. yeah, um, that is, uh, I think they actually, I think they may have banned that here as well. I yeah, think they still allow Kratom. Yeah, they have that here too, but that that actually helped. I have some friends, dude, that like were bad on pills and shit, and they take that a lot during the day and all that. And as they say, it like helps them a lot, like not want the pills. So there's a there's actually medicinal value to that, I believe. Whatever it is, as long as it's clean and made correctly. Yeah, I had a buddy of mine that, that uh, was taking pills a lot after he got hurt, and he said that stuff used to help him a lot, but he, he didn't like uh, cannabis for some reason. But mm. yeah, to, to each their own, if that helps you, it helps you. Um, yeah, I mean, that's how my wife is, man. She doesn't. She'll smoke occasionally, but she just... She complains about the high. Like, she doesn't like to be high, you know? And it's kind of weird to, to explain to her because she's like, I don't see how you can do that all the time. Be like that. And I'm, I'm like, babe, I'm I'm not like that all the time. I wish I was, but I'm not. Like, <laughs> yeah. when I smoke, I get medicated. I don't really get high unless yeah. it's the first smoke of the day. Yeah. Whenever you're a daily medicinal user and, and you, you can – how do you put it? You know, whenever – somebody just has an occasional headache and they're like, Oh, a joint helps me with my headache. Well, they can mm-hmm. smoke one joint and cure their headache. And maybe next month they'll get another one and have to go buy another joint. If you have a reoccurring issue and you medicate normally with it, you don't really get high. You just, you get, you're medicating. Yeah. You That's the best way to look medicated. Yeah. Yeah. Your, whatever your symptoms is usually, um, kind of fizzles out or it makes it tolerable you know yeah i've got some arthritis problems and uh, i'm really bad with gout whenever i have a gout flare up man i might as well be like wheelchair bound and cannabis helps absolutely and i've actually been working with some uh some different cannabinoids so um this summer i actually grew a cbg auto and that actually really helps. So I might try it again next year I've and put rosin man. out of it. Yeah, that's smart, dude. You know, when I was I was working at a hemp store for a while, like selling CBD and Delta and all that shit, and um, like I kind of really got into CBD and like learned so much about it and like how there's so many different things that it helps out with your brain and all of that. And when you smoke too much THC, like if you don't add CBD and you're just smoking THC all the time you are actually producing, I think it's called something in your gray area of your brain. It's almost like it almost dumbs out your like cognitive thinking somewhat kind of makes you feel like a little bit dumber. Something, you know what I mean? It's not saying yeah. you get dumb off getting high, but like well, people you're call just it, not as, as foggy, dude. That's the best way. It's the fogginess. Yeah. Well, when you get that fogginess, people refer to you as like uh, being burned out. Yeah. Yeah, but like CBD kind of helps out. that though. Like CBD will actually cure that feeling because it's yeah. just, I think it's just the different cannabinoids in there with your system. Yeah. 
but it's crazy how that works, man. Like I, like you grew a CBG auto, you know, and that CBG is more like sedative, correct? It is, it is. And then you can actually, um, how do you put it? it? It's not like CBG goes to your brain. It's more like it attacks the area of issue. So like my joints issue with arthritis, you can feel it actually go to your joints. It's not just a, that's help you get over the pain it like actually helps the pain if that makes sense yeah for sure yeah man it's it's great and i've got another one i've got a seed of one that i picked up i can't remember who it's by but it's a thcv and my understanding is that's supposed to be thc without the munchies <laughs> I wonder how that works. I wonder if that's just like, that's crazy how they do that, man. You know, they just find the molecule or whatever of it, the different piece. And I don't know. I don't know how they do that, dude, actually with growing it. I would say it's probably just in the pheno hunt, right? So like you start growing some stuff out and you you test one. Yeah. You got to test for like in a lab, like, you know what I mean? That's like lab work. Yeah. And somehow have to test it out and be like, well, well, this particular one had slightly elevated levels and this one had slightly elevated levels. So let's breed those two. That's yeah. my best guess. Right. Yeah. But that's wild, man. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to probably try that one out next year as well with my uh, CBG. But I'll yeah. tell you this, man, I haven't been able to get autos to grow as big outdoors though. Like I do indoors. So, mm me neither. I think it might just be something to do with the sun, you know. Uh, in Washington, we do have really long days. You know, we have those like eighteen, twenty-hour days almost. Damn, that's like perfect though for autos, though, man. Yeah. Or we're but no. Every so... time I've grown an auto outdoors, it's always been maybe an ounce off of yeah. them. They just don't, they don't get as tall and they just grow Christmas tree like, but also I don't really train them as well. Like I would an indoor because I'm just kind of like, I'm just going to let it do its thing. Like it's a plant. It's going to grow. I'm yeah. just going to see what happens. Yep. That's exactly what I do, man. I just kind of let it roll. Now I'll, I'll top my photos and let them go. And I think that's how I ended up with this uh, like seven and a half foot tree. But. Yeah, I mean, believe me, dude. Once it goes legal, I'm gonna I'm gonna put my hands on some photos just because I I want to try it out. I really want to just see how it is because I've never. I mean, I've tried photos before from people, you know, like through the communities people have shared, and it's different, yeah. man. It's so much stronger, like the terpenes, than what I've grown. But I'm still learning, you know. My 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 learning curve for the longest time was drying and curing curing was the longest but right now i have this blue zeroso from april 11th is on the jar of last year and it's still like you open that jar dude it hits you with like this fruity florally like terpene smell still and it's just chilling in a glass jar with a bovita pack Hmm. for almost a year i will tell you this man you're in a legal state uh, the stuff that I grow and like the, the autos, like I'm not saying I'm the best grower by any means. I mean, I like to think I grow some decent stuff. Yeah, of but course. But I can dude. say that the stuff that I grow is hands down just walking circles around anything that they have at the dispensary down the road. Oh, 100%. That's what my friends tell me around here. They're like, dude, this is better than the street. It's like, man, this is like dispensary shit and better. And I'm just like, really? Because I don't smoke dispensary shit, so I don't know. Yep. I've, I've, I've picked up my fair share. I've, I've tried stuff out and yeah, I mean, and it really, what I think it comes down to is just there. You can't put as much love into the plant. If you're growing commercially and you're growing yeah. that much weight, plus you're handling it so much more, it's going through so many hands, you know, you got the grower, you yeah. got the growers helpers, then you got the trimmers and you got the packagers and you know, it's just, and some of these trimmers do when they're growing a lot, they're using machines to trim and it's shaking a lot of those trichome heads off. So once you get the product, it's just like, yep, it's just not as clean as it could be, man. Now, don't get me wrong. They That's will something sell, about growing your own, man. Yeah, they will sell some good stuff at the dispensary every once in a while, but they know when it's the good stuff. I think if you get it from a craft, like a craft grower, I think you'll be okay. Yeah. But if you were... If you get a dispensary that's just selling like shit from True Leave or 
from bio life sciences like we have down here then dude you're just getting commercially grown shit that's just put money into they don't care about the product dude they just care about making the money from it GrowPro Solutions is a leading lighting manufacturer based in California, offering a range of quality cultivation equipment for the commercial grower all the way down to the home gardener. With their vertical and static grow systems, along with their HM series lighting, allows you to harness the power of the sun in your grow room or tent. Visit GoPro Solutions at WeGrowPros.com. Because they know they can. And unfortunately, those little craft growers are getting very rare here. Yeah, um, they're all. See, that's what getting, I want to do, man. That's that's my goal, dude. To be that guy. They're getting like in my area, up. man. Yeah, yeah they're getting, getting bought up around here. So all we're left with is like these big mega corp people with a lot of money that come in and buy yeah, a lot. So yep. you got to trust your bud tender that they know what's the good stuff. But I'll tell you what, down there in your your state, man. If you guys get the chance to vote or whatever. You need to make sure that that whenever they come up with your cannabis laws and they're changing laws, they need to put in micro licenses. They need okay. to. So, uh, south of me, down in Oregon, uh, they they allow a whole bunch of people basically to get a little license and and grow as long as you're following all the rules and you can afford to you know run your little grow op. Uh, you can totally get a license and go, but here in Washington, you can't. There's only so many licenses uh, they allow per county. They're, they were bought up back in 2016, and now they're traded around for millions of dollars. So absolutely no chance of anybody getting a, a license uh, unless you go through their like equity, social equity program or whatever they, they're working on. So mm-hmm. micro licenses, super important. I'll remember that, here. Whatever state that our uh, listeners are in, they're listening. If you got you get a chance to vote, make sure they're putting in micro licenses into the rules. That and growers, right? <laughs> you got to be able to grow. That's it. Yeah, that's another that's thing here, thing. man. You're not allowed to grow here unless you're a medical patient. But is it easy to become a medical patient if you have a, a qualifying illness? Yeah. But it's not like terminal. You could be like have bipolar or fucking like depression or something like that or or PTSD, uh, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. like PTSD and certain mental things. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. But like oh, you get yeah, a sinus yeah. infection every year. That's not really something. <laughs> no, nah, man, I know that. <laughs> That'd be some shit, what? though. A lot of people really don't don't even realize how easy it is. Like if if you have a, you know something that you need cannabis for and medically, even if technically it's not on the list of things, like you know people read the list, even if it's not on the list, um, and you think that it would be a valid one, you could still talk to the doctor about it uh, because it might fall under a different one. You know, like if you got something wrong with the you know your back or something right well that could technically be under intractable pain which that would allow you to get under a uh, a license right so it's all about how you how you go about it you know be honest about it a lot of the doctors really they they want to help people grow their own natural medicine some of them anyway at least Mm -hmm. the ones that are that are allowed to give you a, a medical license. They they like to help people. So, yeah, see, those are rare here. And if you're in a uh, legal state, there these guys are not a sponsor, but Veraheal. I think it's like Veraheal.com. They make it stupidly easy to get a license. Like, uh, it's video chat from your phone to a doctor. Takes like 15 minutes. They just talk to you. You tell them what's going on, provide any medical records they need. And uh, if they approve you, they mail you your license. Voila. Huh. I think they, uh, they're, I think they're countrywide. So any, any of the medical states they do that for. That's some shit, dude. But, well, hey, before we get out of here, man, uh, I got two questions I ask everybody. First question. What is that? You meet a new medical patient or well, just a new grower growing for themselves. 
Um, what kind of advice would you have for that new that new guy? Mm, so first off, I would definitely get this person to uh, research exactly how this plant grows. Let's talk about autoflowers for one. Uh, I think the most important thing is learning your soil, learning how to feed the soil so that roots can grow the best and learning nutrients to use like recharge or mycorrhizal fungi, any type of any type of good nutrient that really gets that battery going. Because if you take care of that, those roots, your plant's going to be happy and it's going to grow strong. So really learn how to do that. Right on. All right. Well, uh, that's a solid answer. We've uh, we've <laughs> actually been using great white in all my cocoa grows. Um, I've got Dynamico was uh, the first one I used. It was absolutely fantastic. Uh, like I told, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, dang, I can't remember his name, but I told the, the guy, I was like, man, the proof's in the pudding whenever it comes to Dynamico. That stuff's the real deal. Great white Myco's really is, good. Um, now, the great white's more powder all the way, right? And is that what, can you water that in or do you have to sprinkle that in before? Uh, both. Either way. They actually have it in like a little spice oh. shaker. You can literally just. Like if you're doing a, a transplant, you can just shake it right onto the roots, or shake it. you can you can add. Because I was looking water. for something to, yeah. Because see, with me, I'm only putting a pinch of dynamico where the seedling goes, mm-hmm. and that's it. And I want I want to give it more dynamico, but I don't think I can just put it in a gallon of water, mix it up, and pour it in. Or can you do that? Yeah, you can do that because the when the water gets into that dynamico powder, that's uh, that's whenever it starts to activate those microbes. So either way, no shit, you're just gonna I'm have gonna to try rinse that out. Your, Let's try that tomorrow, dude. Yeah, rinse out your pitcher afterwards, obviously, so it don't get. Oh, for sure, meat. yeah. But uh, yeah, 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 you can do that. Either way, mm-hmm. as long as as long as you get the dynamico wet, like if you sprinkle it in the hole that you're transplanting in or on the seedling itself. Yeah, well, that's the thing. It. This is already in the hole. It's like in the final pot. And it's just like I'd like to get the dynamico in there to those roots just so they have a chance to, you know, just get healthier. Because, I mean, I use recharging fish shit, and I swear by that stuff. But Recharges I just want great. something yes. else. Fish shit's great. Uh, that new stuff oh, yeah, actually dude, that might, might be the ticket. Um Hit hit up Eula over at uh, Hygrozyme. They've got samples of a new product they just came out with called Hygrobin, uh, and it is their microbe blend, and it's a liquid. Uh, she'll she'll shoot you over a bottle to try out, and that stuff is fantastic. I've actually been uh, and using that's compatible it. to use with recharge and fish shit. It's compatible to use with everything. You can use it with okay, cool. Hygrozyme. I just didn't know if you like have to like use one or the other. You can you can use, yeah, you can use them both. That's just you're doubling up. I'd, I'd say, yeah, it's similar to to fish shit. You could kind of use it in place of, I would think. Okay. Yeah, compatible with everything though. It's some good stuff. I'll check it out, dude. I'll have to. I might have to message you and get that information on it though. Oh yeah, for shoot sure. me over a link or something. Yeah, I'll do that. So, uh, second question, same thing. But uh, you meet you meet a new uh, commercial grower. Um, just got a license, about to get his facility growing. You got any advice for that guy? As best you can. I know it's not something they do there yet, but that's a I know, right? That's like a kind of a advice for a, a commercial grower. It would be kind of like this. I wouldn't tell him to focus on his roots there. You know for sure. I would tell him to focus on layout of what how he's going to get everything like have a seedling room veg room and you know dry and cure room uh with growing photo peers i wouldn't do auto flowers and commercial just because you're going to be going from seed you can't take clone so photo periods all the way uh really make sure you got your nutrients dialed in so you can give them the best possible chance lighting environment all together you know make sure your environment's dialed in and just give them a chance give the plants a chance hey that's that's sound advice for a commercial op absolutely now i would add to it that a commercial guy also needs to really choose his cultivars carefully 
Yeah. I mean, that could really make or break you if you pick a bunch of crappy cultivars and nobody's going to buy it from the dispensary. And you know, weed don't Yeah, that's the whole research blood. part, man. That's just like anybody new, man, that's listening to, it's just like you can hit me up, you can hit KJ up, I'm sure, and like, we, will, we will answer any questions you have on getting started because that's what I like to do on my page for sure is I really enjoy helping people get started following my exact method what i do and i've had some people that didn't and they've gotten eight ounces they've pulled more than i have sometimes because they're like just you know that's just the lot the cultivar they used yep so anyway just really reach out yeah man it does that's why i really grow night owl a lot because i've just this never failed me dude that's it, man. Same thing with Alabrije, dude. He's going to stay in my garden now, too, because that was just a really great turnout. Yeah, I've got him on my list to grow. I think I've got a, I still got a pack of that tangy, the tangy tib, tibuana. Tibuana, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, I can't really up. say it either, man. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard it's some great stuff, so I've got it on my list to grow out. For sure. But, I um, think they have a medical strain you should probably try. I think they have like a, I think it's them, or maybe it's big, or maybe it's Green Guy Genetics. I think someone just came out with a medical strain that's like CBD and THC. Well, one of those well, guys. I did just pick up one, the new one from Mephisto. Uh, their can of cheese. It's a one to one. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna. Yeah, try those that are interesting to try out, man. Uh, Green Guy. He uh, what was that strain? He's got a strain uh that he was just talking about like a few weeks ago that said it's really good for his migraines, like insta stops his migraines. I was like, man, I gotta get some of that. So I have to, to hit him up mm-hmm. and talk about that. I've got some of his. Uh, I think it's blueberry yeah. grape coming up soon. I'm gonna try some of his uh, blueberry grape. Yeah, I think I have some of his blueberry wine. Yeah. I think that's He's been dropping yeah, I have. I bought. I got his whole last set, so I have his whole line to grow. And that's dude. That's that's one of the hard parts, man. I I can grow six plants a year. That's it. Yeah. So maybe maybe I can grow nine if I like squeeze it in there, a couple of extra plants. But it's really hard picking the genetics because I have to make sure this is going to be a good yielder, a good product, a good like all around, just a good plant. That's it, man. And, you know, hey, that's that's halfway the point of uh, autoflower review. That's that's what we're we're trying to do, trying to uh, go through everyone's genetics and showcase oh. them, show what they're capable of. So, I know, man, I've been watching, dude. I've been looking on Instagram all the time, dude. And that plant that he's got right now, dude, the fucking that thing's a beast, dude. Oh, for an autoflower. The, uh, oh, the ghost tooth. Yeah. Ghost tooth. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's I was in very the too, man. I'm telling you, DWC is something crazy. Um, I would probably wait till you could get a slightly bigger tent before you give it a shot, honestly. I would. Same thing with auto pots. I need like a four by four at least. Let's see, my uh, my my last DWC harvest was those two uh, from Atlas, the uh, gummy bears and uh, GMO. Uh, GMO netted like 380 something grams. And then the gummy bears was like 492 so a little over a pound from it and i when i'm talking i've got these chunky bug buds man like i'm talking chunky just frost nuggets great stuff (laughs) that's what i like man yeah definitely give give atlas a shot man a lot of their stuff i found the comes out freaking beastly so yeah buddy sent me some man he sent me a little gift pack of some so i have the seeds here actually yeah if you're looking for something hashy um i think they have uh oh what is it tricross that's really uh that's a that's a good hash producer i uh, love hash producers man it's just because more hash producers to me are like more terpene so it's just like using all around just tastier like product yeah gummy bears uh GMO, those are some good smokes. Those are more on the savory side, I would say. Um, oh yeah, GMO is. Up, so. But 
Yeah, man. Like you said, all of uh, all those new listeners out there, they got any questions, they need to hit us up for anything, got any questions for you, want to check out our grows, want to show us their grows. It's all happening in our yeah. Discord. So we've got channels for everything. Uh, we usually got giveaways going on and all that good stuff. Uh, I know we've been slacking here lately, but you know it's it's harvest season. We're trying to catch up. So, uh, yeah, man. It, uh, everybody out there, if you've got questions, hop in. Give us a, give us a shout. Show us what you got going on. Uh, the link for that's on our website. It's on our Instagram at the Autoflower Review. Um, I'm at the KJ Gross. He's at Rasta K, right? Rasta, Rasta K grows. Nope, Rasta, Rasta K grows. Perfect. There you go. And remember to like and add us to your favorites on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. As always, guys, grow for good. Peace.